Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Another point for you. It's time to get physical, physical. <laughs> Hunters of the Dark Ice takes the party through a perilous, far-flung region of the world, an Arctic Ocean known as the Crystal Sea. These gallant waters are strongly influenced by planes of cold and darkness that bend close. Ghostly mists from the ethereal plane sweep over the sea like morning fog, and long shadows choke out light in unnatural ways, fed by the darkness of the plane of shadow. The sun is wan and distant here, rarely breaking over the frozen peaks to illuminate the freezing water. Nevertheless, life, both natural and otherwise, thrives in the face of such adversity. In this adventure, the party will skirt icebergs as they escape pursuit of a monstrous hunter and negotiate a tense peace with others stranded in the ice. If they succeed, they must pass their final obstacle before reaching the edge of the world, an ancient elven castle ruled by a fiend that seeks to snuff out all happiness and joy. Hey, have you checked out Armor Class? They're a small company that does their own custom character sheets, and they make them in a variety of different styles for every class and any type of character you want to create. They do it in black and white or in color, and the cost is always efficient anywhere from 3 to 5 possibly even $7. Check them out, and if you're interested in them, click on the link down below in the description to see their product. Also use the promo code THELARPCHANNEL to get 20% off your order. So until then, enjoy. Another persuasion check. Esther's nodding emphatically like, yes, yes, yes. <coughs> Mercer's throwing his hands up and giving up. Ah, um, what, persuasion again? Right on the money. And is that kind of explains the uh, got some bad guys after barrel, and they'll stop causing trouble if we get barrel to the astral plane. And we are willing to help them also get to the astral plane. <clears throat> he looks back at her again and goes, No. Just because a Philodon could not understand it does not mean that we need to follow with him. And then another one goes, but he understood that this was the safe haven. That's why he built this citadel in the first place. That's why he stayed here. Just because we stare into the void of the astral plane doesn't mean we should be going into the astral plane. Well, we say we should be going into the astral plane. Astral pipes in since she's been in the astral plane. Do I get to roll an advantage? Because I've actually been there. Esther? For what? To tell them the astral plane is not that bad. It's quite nice. It'd be persuasion. Uh, yeah, sure. 
That's a fail. Again, it just kind of waves you off. Really cool, I promise. Man. Okay, so at this point, um, the the after the ghost kind of waves you off and everything, the spirits all sort of dissolve and fade away um, oh, while they're still shouting you. at each other. And then a new image of a Philodon forms. Um, but he appears more as his ancient self. And he's sitting bereft, pay, uh, performs a series of ritual acts, and then offers up a prayer to Lune, the queen of the stars, saying, O Lune, bless me by the perfect design of your heavens. Guide my hands. A few moments go by, the far elf's head falls into his hands, and he mutters to himself, My vision is true. I will wait for them. They will return someday. They will return. And then the darker and indistinctive shadowy form looms back over. And it speaks and says, it was your visions that drove them away. You cursed them. You cursed everyone. You try to help and they never will return. But I will never abandon you. Can Mercer shoot the shadow? Um, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a 17. 17? Um, oh, man. Okay. Thunderbolt for 17 points of damage. Okay, so he go, He sees the shadow and he goes to shoot. As he does, he notices that the whole visage fades away. He actually just hits the wall behind it. Because just as it fades away, that silvery uh, portal dissipates, and Unchi reappears on the floor and just kind of sits there, crying a little bit as you realize that he just relived an extremely sad memory. Oh, Esther rushes over to give him a big old hug and hold him tight while he cries. Right. Oh, buddy, so it's okay. So, out of game, the whole point behind this was primarily roleplay to learn more about the Philodon, the history of the Far Elves, what made them go into the astral plane in the first place that was the point behind this um, there's still two doors here that have the um, the consolation and everything and then there's a door on the far side of the room alright so you guys played through this room seen the two doors um, what do you do now like I said, these two doors here, vast constellations, elaborate carvings, runes, and everything. And then this door over here looks like the other doors you've dealt with coming into this place so far. I want to check out the constellations. Okay. What about Esther and Zabak? investigation on the door um nothing in particular however uh selene can give me a uh looking check you know she's not really good at that even though she's a cleric no but she's the only one who would really be able to make sense of it either way 17 17 it's more than enough 
she can recognize enough about the room to know that what she is looking at is some sort of entrance to a temple and the markings and stuff would indicate um, religion dedicated to Lune, who was also known as the goddess of elves. Oh, speaking of that, Esther should be able to make these checks too, because she's a divine soul. She is! I forgot about that. Ooh. Not that roll, though. <laughs> she's more of a divine soul and religion in the aspects of dragons, not necessarily the other deities. So if you come across something with Abhur, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. As they're doing this, everybody else can give me a perception check. Okay. That's going to be a negative for a Mercer. <clears throat> Alright, so everybody else doesn't really notice it right away, but from behind you, you all of a sudden hear, Oh, there you guys are! Catches you off guard for a Who second. Who are you? you? You turn around and you see an astral projection of Cedril. Oh, hey. What up, buddy? I've <laughs> been trying to catch up with you guys. It's very hard to track your astral compass in mm. whatever this place is. Well, yeah. Oh, we're almost to the edge of the world. <laughs> Where are you right now? We're in this uh, far elf's keep that is the border to the edge of the world. And there is a shadowy plague that has proceeded to pour itself upon this area. Oh, wow. Um, So they're tapped into the the shadow plane. Yeah, so it's getting heavy, man. Gotcha. Lots of corruption. Well, we've had some developments back in Greyhaven, and I thought you guys would like to be brought up to speed. I don't know if it's going to affect your guys' mission in any way, shape, or form. But, um... A secondary adventuring group has made some waves, similar to like how your guys' group did, and they uh, they discovered an interesting artifact that at first I thought was just a dagger, but made out of pure adamantium, tipped to pommel. As it turns out, this unusual thing is similar to your astral compass except it is designed to just detect astral metal in general, not specific shards like what your compass did. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if what they find will be relevant to what you guys are currently trying to accomplish, but because it's very difficult for me to do this sort of stuff, I decided to go the extra mile and try to create a way for you guys to interact with each other. So I have a special set of sending stones, one of which I'm going to hand off to you guys and one of which I'm going to hand off to them. So if you guys need to interact with each other at any point, you have the ability to. The drawback is because of the distance, it's going to take time for the messages to get to each other. But I feel like this would be more helpful to you guys. Well, the first question I want to ask is... Do you have any adamantium? It does their does their adamantium dagger, does it get them 
Has it been pointing them to any actual material? We haven't actually been able to activate it yet. My guess is, um, I think, if I recall, when you guys we first take found to a forge. an adamantium dagger? No, the compass, other than the actual shard itself, wants to get to, to get the living star. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you first found the compass mm-hmm. and it activated when you first put that piece of astral metal into it and then the compass started pointing you to other shards of astral metal. Yeah. My get... The way I'm kind of seeing it is this dagger kind of acts like that compass pointing to other astral fragments. Mm-hmm. So, at first I was under the impression that when the fallen star, now the living star, had fallen onto the material plane... I was under the impression that the only astral metal that was dispersed as part of that to the material plane was the pieces you found. It turns out other fragments, not nearly as powerful, but still unique, fell as well, like like smaller shards. So I'm guessing that this dagger was designed as a way to find all the other pieces as well. Interesting. Well... The request still stands. Hmm. If they find any, I need some. You need adamantium? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I will pass that along to them. But until then, he starts rotating his hand, kind of like a, uh, a Doctor Strange moment, but it just forms a small little, like, one-foot diameter circle. And it goes, reach your hand through there. Your hand goes uh, astral form as it reaches through, Mm -hmm. and he hands you a little talisman-shaped stone that you can physically grab onto, and your hand is forced back out. Yeah. That's half of the sending stone. The other half I'm going to give to them so you guys can stay in contact with each other. Cool. I don't know who's going to hang on to the stone, but um, I'll just pass their names on to you. You have uh, Strawberry who actually does not talk, so she probably won't have the stone. Uh, You have Enoch. I would assume he's probably going to be the one who takes the uh, talisman. You have Larkspur. And you have uh, Tarks, who is apparently uh, a member of a very long line of Tarks members. Okay, uh, who's Enoch? Enoch is an older gentleman, probably closer to my age. He's a, uh, a paladin. I can't remember off the top of my head which order he is part of. Okay, Larkspin, or Larks- Larkspur. Larkspur. She, um, interestingly enough, she recently joined the Adventurer's Guild. Apparently she is a fairy from the Plane of the Fairy? I don't want to talk to her. She said at some point there was an opening between the plane of the fairy and the material plane, and she was able to escape through. Kind of the same with uh, Strawberry, except she said she came from someplace called Paradise, and that triggers a memory to you. Paradise was that in-between. Yeah, I don't want to talk to her either. Well, she can't speak, but I don't want to talk to her either. No, she uses a chalkboard to talk. And then Tark's... Well, given that you're an intelligent individual, Tarks might irritate you more than anything else. Yeah, make sure Enoch has the the sending stone. I don't want to talk to the rest of you. <laughs> well, it'll be an open communication, so just fair warning to you. 
Well, I guarantee you, if the fairy tries, boop, straight to voicemail. <laughs> I remember our time in the off place with the fairies, the, the crappy little horrible joking fairies, and I don't ever want to deal with them again. They suck. So no. I, I, okay, I will. I will pass the message along. <laughs> Straight to voicemail. Straight then, to sending stone mail. That's what it'll be. Sending stone mail. And then his image starts to like static in and out for a minute. He goes, "Okay, I can't hold this much longer. Um, good luck to you and stay safe." That's right. Bye. And he disappears. Mercer is up here at these doors. Correct. Yep. He throws them wide open. <laughs> Opens the doors up. A dark, foreboding room. From the back of the chamber, magical motes of starlight give off a dim glow. And it is blatantly obvious at this point that this is a small temple dedicated to Lune, the goddess of elves. Uh, the altar at the other end of the room, from where Mercer is standing, is crafted from shining porcelain painted with intricate flourishes of stars and the phases of the moon. Above the altar, a holy symbol hangs in the air, and its light smothered by dark ooze. The room is very dark, unusually dark. Um, and uh, any light that seems like it should be present here seems to get suffocated through the darkness. So, other than the altar and the little floating constellation lights, any other magic? Detect magic? Detect magic? Uh, there is a presence of necrotic energy in this room as well. Uh, is everybody else at the doorways at this point? Yeah. Okay. Um, Does there does there appear to be any shadow that looks to be darker than the rest of the shadows? Give me an investigation check. Uh, that's going to be a twelve. Twelve. You get to looking in the room. Kind of looking around a little bit. I'm assuming you're not crossing the threshold. Into yeah. The oh, no. <laughs> no. Right there at the doorway, you're kind of looking around. Um, and as you, you're looking, you're starting to hear just the slightest, faintest. And all of a sudden, three dark figures stand up, and these crystalline blades get drawn out as three wraiths appear. I knew it! Run away! Um. Give me an intelligence roll real quick with your proficiency. That's going to be a 23. Okay. Um, I would say Celine can do it do, but 23 makes it either way. Uh, no, she did not get that. Okay. Mercer sees the three blades that these things are carrying mm -hmm. and realizes those are the three missing pieces from the mobile back in this room. So, like I said, ha! What's hua? That's a thunderbolt straight to the center guy's head. Uh, All right, hold on, just. Ooh, and that's a crit, by the way. Yeah, nice to 
I didn't mean just a second, because now i got to bring up the stats for the creatures. That's fine. While you do that, I'm going to go ahead and roll. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that, that, that's pretty. Thirty-two oh. for damage. Yeah. All right, hang on just a second. Got to go there. This right here. <laughs> no, thirty-four. Hang on. I'm I'm remapping. It's thirty-four. Yeah, and I said, hang on. And then Mercer goes, I'm laughing now. As he runs away. Right, um, yes. actually, something I think I am going to do pretty quick while I'm thinking about it. Dang right, he is. Pull out those colored numbered bases really quick. Three, ten, and fourteen. That works for me. This way, I know which ones you're attacking. Tell me it's this guy, this guy, or this guy. Don't get me wrong, the bases that come with are decent enough, but these colored bases make a world of difference. I was actually reading the forums for Dungeon in the Box on their Discord page, and if I recall correctly, somebody was asking about the bases and uh, talking about. Um, the newer bases that they came out with being uh, too loose. Like he would take the figure, he'd put it down in the base, and it would just come right back out. Like there was no grip whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But then he would use these bases with the three slits, and it gripped onto the base relatively well. I said, I can't speak to that, but I highly recommend the colored bases, because one, they're colored, two, they're numbered, and three, they have the three slits, so they grip on really well. So not only can you keep track of them, you can keep track of everything. Uh, shoot, I can't use any of those colors. All right, so we're going to go three, ten, fourteen. All right, so you said you hit the middle guy. Yep. And how much damage? 34, 34 points of thunder. 34 points of thunder. Okay. Just a sec here. So when he did that, that thunder damage did not do nearly as much damage as it should have for how powerful it was. That's fine. And then he backs off. Yeah, he backpedals. Alright. And that is, how far, where does he go? He's going to backpedal uh, 10 feet so and then uh, 
fly up 10 feet. Oh, shoot. Speaking of bases not holding. Well, that's because it was stuck halfway underneath the board, too. <laughs> the only thing that irritates me about these is they keep cracking and chipping. I don't think these were made in the same way that the other ones were. I just wish we had better stands all together. Alright, and then initiative. Mercer get? Mercer got a 12. Esther? Esther. Esther got a 15. That's not bad. Celine? 20. And Zabak? 8. That. Yeah, Zabak's gonna go last. Yeah. So, starting us off will be Celine, followed by the creatures. Then Esther, then Mercer, and as I said, tailing at the end will be Zabak. So, Celine, what are you doing? So, first and foremost, um, Spirit Guardians. Nice. Okay. So, uh, they are definitely no comprende. Um, so, they are going to be the ones that, if they enter or start, they take damage. Um, and then she's going to bonus action. She's going to summon her spiritual weapon uh, directly behind the middle wraith. So right here against the corner of the room. And that's going to be a uh, 20 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. Eight points force damage. It is magic. Okay, it says from non-magical attacks that are not made with silver weapons. Yes, so anything that is not magical and is not silver, they would have resistance to. My attack is magic, so that is ignored. Okay. That's what I was checking. Okay. You said how many points? Eight. Eight? Her whole turn then? Mm -hmm. uh, da, 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 da. Then it will be their turn. So they all go incorporeal. And up here. 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 And the last one appears right next to Mercer up in the air. Okay. Wisdom saving throws? For all of them? Uh huh. They're all within 15 feet of me. Okay. Well, we're going to do this one at a time so I can keep track of it better. 
Alright, so first guy for number three, the one by Mercer. That's going to be a 13. Failed. Uh, number 10. That's going to be a 16. Back damage. And number 14 there. That's a dirty 20. Back damage. So 15 points radiant. That was the full damage from 15. Mm -hmm. Alright, so. Middle one, really, really not happy right now. Yeah. All right. So there's two of them on uh, Celine, and they are both attacking her, so they're flanking. at her. That's a crit. And the second swing. Yeah, that's a five, so not even close. Alright, so a single crit on her. Um, let's see here. Sixteen points necrotic damage, and I need a con saving throw. Uh, you said con saving throw? Yeah. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. She just barely makes it. Okay. She is fine. Yep. I made my concentration check. Okay. And then the final one is going to try to hit Mercer. Looks like no <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's their turn. It is now Esther's turn. Alright, man. Oh my god. You've been hitting just the middle one so far, right? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. really all I want. I've been focusing on this. Since we got 
Her turn? Yep. Mercer's turn. Uh, Mercer is going to... Remember, he has one right next to him. Yeah. So he's going to, as an action, he's going to create his force cannon. I thought I already had his force cannon. Mm. It's probably been over an hour since... It's been, it has been over an hour. Okay. All right. So he's going to create his force cannon for his action. Um, bonus action. Well, wait a minute. If it's within the same time period, doesn't he have to expend a spell slot to do it? Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's expending one of the spell slots. It's going to be a 17 to hit. That's a hit. Which one's he shooting at? The one on him. So I rolled a disadvantage. Four. Ten points of force damage, and he shoved five feet away from him. So, five feet over to here. He's still ten feet up in the air. You said for how much damage? Ten? Yep. And then, uh, Mercer, uh, flies back ten feet. Back so, this way? Back against the wall. To right here? Yep. So that way his back's against the wall. Okay. Alright. Is that his turn? Uh, yeah. Alright. Uh, it is a back's turn. Alright, then. I can't move without... Nope. Okay, well, I'm just gonna wall up Mr. Man here. Oops, why did I throw two dice? Yeah, no, you, unless you're attacking recklessly, you don't have an advantage. Ooh, that's going to be a dirty 20 to hit. Mm-hmm. Alright. I need the damages separately. Right there. Um, despite the lightning not doing nearly as much as it should have, you still kill him. Nice. So he dissipates and the sword drops to the floor. Um, I believe so. Uh, he is 10 feet up in the air. You cannot reach him. Oh, what about the other guy over there? He's on the ground level. I'm going to go wall with him. Uh, should I move to flight this way? Or Esther? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred, a thousand, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hund
20 right to here? Yeah. It'll be 20 feet of movement, but yep. Okay, okay. Let's move up. Ooh, no, yeah, that's going to be 24 to hit. Yeah, well. Is that 14? Okay. 21 slashing. And 6 lightning. Alright, once again, lightning did not look like it did as much damage. Uh, was the back's turn. We are back at Celine. Sorry, what? Celine's turn. Sorry. I was trying to get back to the train figure out the tinctures real quick. Um, so we're flanking on number 14? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 5, 10, 15, 20. So his spiritual weapon, or her spiritual weapon, is going to... <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! Those are magnetic. Um... <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Where are you moving it to? Uh, over there to number three. How far can it move? 20 feet, so it has just enough uh, room to get there. Well, the door's right here. It has to go through the door, doesn't it? Yeah, that's 15. 5, 10, 15. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, 20 right there. So, <laughs> as a bonus action... <laughs> uh, oh, man. Spiritual weapon's going to attack that one. It wasn't even what you did. It was the look on your face. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, that's going to be a, a uh, 24 to hit. That, that, that hits. Uh, for 12 points of force damage. On number three? Yep. And then, uh, Booming Blade. And that's going to be a 30 to hit. A what to hit? A 30. Yeah, that hits. Uh, for, um, 13 points of damage. Is that all thunder? Uh, a D8 is thunder, which is one point, um, and the rest is slashing. Magical slashing. Okay, so give me those damages again. One point thunder. Yep. And what else? So it would be 12 points sla magical slashing. Okay. One point thunder. Thunder. Okay. So the thunder damage does not affect it. And the booming energy that would normally form from the spell, mm -hmm. just as quickly as it appears, dissipates away. So it's immune to thunder? It's resistant to thunder, but the effect that would follow prevent it from moving? It doesn't prevent it from moving. It just, if it moves more than five feet, it takes yeah. damage. So it's, it's that still, part, it's that still part doesn't affect it. That part goes away as soon as it appears. Okay. She can give me an arcana check if she wants to see if she can figure it out. Yeah, because she knows she knows what her spells can do. 
that's going to be for an arcana that's going to be a 16. 16 all right you get the sense that um it has something to do with the saber but it also has something to do with it channeling negative energy through the saber that's preventing that from affecting it hmm. okay <coughs> um that's her turn it is now their turn wisdom saving throws all right Nineteen. Half damage. Both of them have to make the save. They're, I, they're both within fifteen feet. Yeah, I rolled for both of them. Oh, okay, so they both got nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's ten points. So five. This one stays where it's at. This one flies over to Mercer. Uh, let's see here. Evens or odds? I don't care who says it. Evens. It's a 20. Okay. Uh, the back is going to get hit by... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. By one of them. Obviously, Mercer's going to be the other one. Yeah, no, it misses the back horribly. Mercer's about to fall off of that thing. He's living on the edge. Uh, 21 again. Uh, shield. That's what I figured. Alright, that's I it. said no touchy. <laughs> uh -uh. And it is Esther's turn. For no apparent reason. We are gonna throw another lightning bolt. No, we're not. We're not gonna do that. No, because that no. would affect uh, no, other not. friends. <laughs> um, which one is Uh, the one closer to Mercer is flying at the same level as Mercer. So how high up in the air is he? Ten feet. I move directly below him, point upwards, and cast Agonizer Scorcher. Dex, make a Dex save. Dex save? Alright, so. Um, as she moves away, the other one does get an attack of opportunity as she's within five feet of it. Well, it's what it is. So. Let's get that out of the way first. Yep. It gets an it's going to be a 19 to hit her. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to take damage, and then she's also going to have to give me a wisdom saving throw. points necrotic damage oh. and I need a con saving throw a four yeah. your maximum hit points is reduced by 15 
Are you kidding me? Nope. Is that permanent? Yeah. These things are easy to kill, but if they get the chance to attack, they take it. And then you said you needed a dex saving throw from the one you're directly underneath. Full damage. like it did nearly as much as it should have for how powerful that spell is. And then I move away um, whatever movement I have. I have 30 feet. So I'm going to have a... You move 10 feet to get directly underneath him. So which way are you moving? 20 feet that way to the to your left. So over yeah, here? Back towards the left. Alright. It's Esther's turn. It is Mercer's turn. Bonus action, force cannon. That's going to be uh, 19. That hits. That's going to be 12 points force damage. And he's pushed 5 feet away. One hit points and draw. And then he's going to uh, thunderbolt it. That's going to be a 28 to hit. You kill it. And I'm rolling because I want to know how bad I blow his head off. Okay. Uh, that's going to be uh, 13 points. It didn't look like it should have. It didn't. It still killed it, but not nearly as exaggerant as your force bolt normally would. It just goes and dissipates. And that's what you get for trying to touch me. And the blade just drops and goes shoot right into the ground. And then uh, and Mercer moves. takes about four inches into the ground. <laughs> Mercer moves ten feet down, grabs it. You are holding a. It, it can be treated as a crystal saber, but you can tell that it's one of the three missing pieces on the mobile. So it's the equivalent to like a scimitar. Alright. Uh, it's Zabak's turn. Well, is that thing still on the ground in front of me? Or did you say he was? The spirit weapon? No, 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 the guy in front of the back. That guy's still there. Oh, he did. She's gonna. Well, oh, yeah, she's still in the game. Mm hmm. Nice. Ooh, very good. That's gonna be uh, 24 to hit. <laughs> That's definitely a hit. Oh, that's not like it. 17 slash, right? Okay. 6 lightning. Lightning does not look like it did as much as it should have. I understand that. 
<laughs> and this thing is not looking good. Yeah, that hits. No, it totally misses. It shields. <laughs> Necro shield. Vroom. You kill it. Yes, I do. Just one final swing, like, screw this! <laughs> and it, Goodbye. and the final crystal blade just drops to the floor. Okay. Are we out of initiative? You are out of initiative. Mercer goes around and collects the shards. Alright. I'm not doing good. I Let's go head back to the chamber with the mobile and put these things up there and let's see what happens. So, right. backtrack. Back into that other room? Yep. So it begins to, uh, you put the final three pieces back in. Is everybody in that room? Yeah. Or was, okay. Yeah. You all go back into that room. It starts to rotate ever so slightly, and you can tell it's got perfect balance in all directions. Mm -hmm. And as it does, it glows for a minute, and a brief white energy kind of just, like a kind of like a, a water droplet or something drops to the ground mm -hmm. and waves out in a circle um, Esther's max hit points are restored cool. and if anybody had a uh, condition on them that would have been removed so like exhaustion or poisoned or anything like that am I, am I also healed up to my axe no, those max hit points are just restored. So now you can use a healing. Right? Yeah, man. Uh, you get nine, no, 13 back as Selene uses a scroll. Nice, thank you. All right. And that is it for her scrolls. Very generous, I appreciate it. Use them all. Do, 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 do. 
Okay, so then after that, we move back in. Um, like, I'm doing okay on spell slots. I'm gonna keep moving. Okay, so we move back in and get back in here. Mm -hmm. um, and then proceed to go into the next room. Alright. But before we go into the next room, mm -hmm. as we pass through, Mercer's going to appear into the, the little temple again. Does anything look different from after the, the race, we killed the race? Uh, you get the sense that um, you have a chance to try to restore this room to its former glory if you really wanted to. Um, it's going to take a religion check to do it. Selene will do that. Mercer's going to use his Flash of Genius on Selene, so that's going to be a 19. Okay. Um, we got one more of those left. Probably take a long rest. She was right there. Like Once again, her, her the holy symbol on her shield begins to glow, and she starts to see, it, see the darkness retract back. And it gets right there at the edge, and then the glow goes away, and the darkness comes back in. Can she try again? Absolutely. But it's one of those, okay, really got to buckle down here. Can Mercer assist her? Does he have, is he proficient in religion? Uh, no, but I can roll religion. Yeah, this is one of those, because of the fact that it's directly related to a goddess, and it's a temple, if you're not proficient in religion. Okay. You could still roll, but it'd be at disadvantage. Well, here's the thing. Celine, Esther, however, is Celine a divine. is not proficient in religion. No, but she's a cleric. Okay. She's directly connected to the divine. And in this instance, Esther could help out. Do you want to assist me? <sighs> roll me a d20. You can do it. Oh, nope. you can't. Sorry. Okay, well, we're shot. Yeah, that's right. There we go. 21. 21. So she gets her bearings. Now she's had a taste of what this is. And she goes, all right. There's a slight bit more of a bright glow as she just right there, shield out. And she can almost see the light from her shield pushing the darkness back as it slowly seeps back into the cracks and crevices of the walls, into the ceiling, and just dissipates entirely. The black sludge that was on the holy symbol just kind of evaporates. Kinda, like it shrinks as if it's like being it's sucked bad. into the holy symbol, mm -hmm. oh, nice. and then just like it dissolves. Yeah. And the glow comes back and everything. And for a brief moment, you hear a voice that sounds very familiar to Esther. Wait, no. Esther never actually spoke to Lune. My mistake. Uh, they hear a, uh, a voice that says, My order returns. Thank you. As this small burst of energy comes off the holy symbol. Um, you all now have Lune's blessing. Once as a bonus action, 
Your character may channel the power of the stars. For one round, the character shines with starlight, radiating bright light in a 30-foot radius and gains advantage on attack rolls and saving throws made against undead and fiends. Is the last. It says for one round. Like how long are we? I think this? the blessing stays indefinitely because it doesn't give a duration. Okay. But, but you activate it as a bonus action and it lasts for one round. Okay. And you have advantage and you shed light in a thirty foot radius. Got it. <sighs> And then you head into the next room. Mm-hmm. As you go into this hallway, who's going in first? Zabak? Yeah. So there's Zabak. Celine. Esther. Mercer. So, Mercer reaches into his bag, pulls out two of the smaller tinctures, and hands them to Celine, says, you know, bottoms up. up. So she drinks some ten hit points back. Mm -hmm. And how is Esther doing? Not bad, not bad. Like? She's fine. She does not need any assistance. Onward. Alright. So walk into this area. This hall is deathly cold and cloaked entirely in darkness. Horrible whispers can be heard coming from the shadows. Uh, when I say darkness, we're talking magical darkness. having an NPC would be fantastic, but I don't have my NPC. <coughs> okay, great hunky-dory. I still oh. need to know what it does. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. I'm gonna give this a shot. Mercer sits there and like, as they they see that it's complete darkness like that, he's like, close your eyes. Yep. So he reaches in his bag, he pulls out one of the crystals of blinding light. Ooh. As a flash of blinding light erupts. So, there's a burst of light. Fills the room for... (coughs) Excuse me. Fills the room for a moment. Hoping that it's enough that it dispels the darkness. Uh, You know what? We haven't done it yet, so we're going to do it. Yes or no coin? Okay. You ready? Sure. And... Yes, it does dissipate 
the darkness that fills the room. And as the light bursts, it's like a flare going off or a firework for a moment. Mm -hmm. Just... The whole room fills up full of light and three unusual creatures for a brief moment can be seen covering their faces while hissing and then the darkness fades away a moment later and these three shadowy looking creatures are standing right there did that impact them at all i and the reason i ask is because they are just in the shadows i'm assuming seeing us and i chuck this thing also just whoosh you know they want to be prepared for the bright flash of light it would have affected them um except the one thing it would have affected is the one thing they didn't need to do because they already knew you were in the room that's fine i just wasn't sure i wanted to ask right um but uh with that you're in initiative again Slows and lasts today. So every day. No, he's been middle of the pack, if not more towards the top. Well, he's reenacting the uh, original tradition of being at the tail end of the initiative line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what did Zabak get? Zabak got eleven. Celine. Okay, Esther. Esther got Not bad. What did Mercer get? Eight. <laughs> You've been in the middle so far. Well, he's coming up on the tail end again. <laughs> so it's going to be Esther, Celine, these guys. No. Uh, Zabak and <laughs> call it tradition, call it uh, momentary lapse in judgment, call it just a bad dice of roll of the dice, but as the more commonly seen as of late, Mercer tailing up the end. So, Esther, what are we doing? She's affecting number three. 
How many charges does that use on the wand? Five. Okay. And what kind of a saving throw does he need to make? Because I honestly don't remember how whole monster works off the top of my head. I'd have to go look it up. Monster. It is a wisdom saving throw to start with. Okay. I was gonna say you're gonna want to look up one to buy because it's not gonna be the same. <laughs> no, but you can you can roll your roll at least. Yep. DC 17. Okay. Yeah, he bailed. He got a 10. Hold it! Said Buster. And bam! That thing is held. That was number... 14. 14 or number 3? Because I thought she said right across from her. Right across from the back. Yeah, directly in front of the back. So 14. Mm. Okay. Yep. And that's considered... like a tunnel or a Paralyzed. Paralyzed. Right like a tunnel, right? No, you're in a large hallway. Paralyzed creature is incapacitated, can't move or speak. Creature automatically fails strength and dex saving throws. Attack rolls have advantage, and any attack that hits the creature is considered a critical hit. Mm -hmm. As long as they are within five feet of them. So go get them, Baxters. Okay. So that's Esther's turn then? Alright. It is Selene's turn. Selene is going to take this opportunity. Go right up to the son of a gun and wham! Yep, with a spiritual weapon right behind it. And that's going to be a 17 to hit with the spiritual weapon. That'll hit. And that's going to be a 21 to hit with her booming blade. And that'll hit. So, spiritual weapon. Sixteen points of force damage from the spiritual weapon. Ooh. Is that already doubled? Yeah. Okay. Wait, what kind of damage was that? Force. Okay. Twenty-four points of damage from the booming blade. Is that doubled? Yes. Uh, is that all the damage? Mm-hmm. If it has a resistance to uh, thunder, it was one point, so it's still one. So 24 altogether. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, when you get crits, it uh, makes some nice uh, headway to start with. Hey. Yeah, that guy went from oh. perfectly fine to He's his mama. what the F-U-C-K just happened. Oh. Yeah, he ain't looking good at all anymore. So that was Celine's turn. Mm -hmm. It is now their turn. Here. That was 
20 feet of their movement. They are flanking Celine, and so they swing at her. It's going to be a 21 to hit. Nope. And a crit. Can't do anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> Normally I expect to hear shield, and then I see the 20, and I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, unfortunately I can't do anything about that. That's why I need adamantium armor. That was an advantage. Ooh. Hmm. I don't even know which one hits me. Uh, it'd be... The one to her left, so the one directly in front of uh, where Esther is. He dies next. Okay. So let's see here. Thirty-four. No, wait. Thirty-seven points psychic damage. To who? To Celine. That's fine. <clears throat> They moved up 5, 10, 5, 10. They go incorporeal and move up another 10 feet each to right here. And that's the end of their turn. Uh, da, 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 it's a back's turn. Here or yeah, triggering effect is no smash the guy on the ground. Oh, 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 he's, he's paralyzed. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, so Heal. time to get wrecked. Okay, that's gonna be a 19 to hit. That's a crit. That, yeah, <clears throat> it hits, so it's an automatic crit. Double my gold damage. Mm -hmm. Your weapon damage. Well, it specifically says rolled anytime you roll a crit, so any damage you roll dice for is doubled. 24. That's how it reads. Mm -hmm. no. yeah. 24 slashing? Look it up. It's weapon damage. It specifically says rolled dice. 24 damage slashing. Okay. Plus 6 lightning. Okay. So the lightning didn't seem to affect it as much as it should have, but you still killed it. Um, 
I'll bet you what's the triggering effect. Something becomes corporeal within striking distance. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. So I I should have rolled an extra D8 on that. Okay, cool. So that was Zabak's turn, and it's Mercer's turn. Uh, so... Incorporeal, right? Correct. So, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. As he's as he's passing through him, <laughs> flipping him the birdie right in his head, literally like in his headspace. He's just sitting there doing that. Um, uh, you know what? He's going to dash instead. So that's 25, 30, 35, 40. 45. Okay. No. 50. <laughs> he wants to get as far away as he can. Right. He's tired of certain things trying to touch him. <laughs> he also just saw how nasty those things can swing for and he went, no. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so that's his whole turn. We are back up to Esther. Alright, baby. They're both still incorporeal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna hold my action, which will be magic missile. Triggering effect, they become incorporeal. Okay. So I can hit them from basically anywhere. Right. Except I am gonna back up about 10 feet because... You I can't. You're all the way up against a, a wall. Is you're it? in a corner. So right here? Yeah, 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 that's good. Yep, yep, yep. Pardon me, I'll finish science. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> as long as it's affecting you as well. Oh no, it's an area effect. <laughs> I'm sorry, though. <laughs> Alright, so that was, it's on you to remember your uh, triggering effects and your attacks, or your uh, readied actions. Um, it is their turn. Oh, excuse me. They both turn corporeal as Esther realizes she is flanked by the both of them. Oh, crap! But that's the triggering effect, so I'm gonna throw a magic Okay, well, look at where they're at. Okay. Make sure you knew what you were doing. Step forward. Right up against the back. You can't move. Oh shit! Okay. Well, All you did was ready a You just, you just, you gonna hit them, okay. and then they gonna hit you and kill you. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. That, that, that's how this is playing out. Oh! Uh, I usually actually step to the after 
can't. You set your trigger that as soon as they appear, you blast them with a magic missile. Yeah. That happens. You can't change well, it. Okay. <laughs> Which of them looks worse off? They look exactly the same. Alright, well, I'm gonna just blast one that is between, kind of between me and Queen. So, number three. And yeah, that's 27 points of damage. Oh. Okay. Let's see here. And I scream out, Avenge me! And I know I'm about to die. Oh, she's leaning again. Alright, and then they take their actions. That's a crit for the first one. Going into death saving throws and outright dying are two very different things. I know, I know. One, two, three, four. Alright, so we're going to do the, uh, we're going to do the, uh, the critical hit first because that was the first one I rolled. Nine points psychic. Is she still up? Okay. The reason why I ask that is because if she'd gone down, that meant the second hit was have been two failed death saving throws. And then the second one, which is a normal. Wow, the dice really love you because I'm rolling super low right now. Thirteen points psychic. And she's down. Okay, she is in death saving throws, which given that you have two other party members who are pretty adamant about healing, yeah. especially when one of them has a, a healing staff or a staff of healing, despite not using it all the time. <laughs> it gets in the way of what you're trying to do. He insisted on being the one to carry it, though. Well, who else is going to use it? Celine. Celine's already has three Esther. two items. Just saying. <laughs> She's the other spellcaster. She is down. And then this one turns, looks at Mercer, and comes up ten feet to right here. And that's the rest of its movement. As this one then turns at Celine. Um, that is their turn. It is Zabak's turn. Oh, well, this is not going very well, is it? She's gonna plow on over there. I can't. Uh, can I straddle Esther and flank with Celine? 
No. There's no way for me to point. Not on that it's, one. No. I'll point, but can I point with you? I can't. No, he's five feet away from you. Alright, well, I'm just gonna go over to the one. You can swing recklessly. You have that ability. I know. I'm just gonna move to swing it to the one. I'm gonna move behind Celine up to the side. Other side of that chair. Right here? Yep. And for my first attack. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a 23 to hit. That's gonna be a hit. Do we need to be aware of any resistances, or can we just give you totals? I need to. I need the damages separate. I'm gonna need the damage separate for just about everything you fight in here. Okay. And then six lightning. Okay. Okay. And for my second attack, nineteen to hit. That's gonna be a hit. And it's a bomb. Mm. 13 points of slashing. Okay. And 6 lightning. Wow. This thing is not looking good. It honestly does not look like it can take another hit. Period. Ah. That's Zabak's turn. Uh, Mercer's turn. Mercer is going to force cannon this booger. Okay. Uh, no, I guess maybe not. Uh, that's going to be no eleven. Yeah, no, that misses. And then he's going to um, thunderbolt. That's going to be a twenty-seven. To hit? Yep. Okay. That is nine points thunder, six point or sorry, no, it's all thunder. It's all thunder. Uh, Fifteen points thunder. Okay. Do you remember watching Iron Man two? Seventeen years ago. <laughs> so they're no. at the tail end of the scene. It's old. Rhodey no. is in the war machine and he launches the rocket from his side. Yeah. It hits Whiplash and it just kind of goes, Tink! <laughs> Never mind, you know what that's going to be our intro for. Thunderbolt spell did not affect him at all. Thank God! Oh, good God! Breaking education. It's so hard to I know, I just looked it up myself. Oh, gosh. Okay. So the creature just kind of looks down at itself, looks back up, looks back down, looks back up. Kind of pumps its arms real quick and its claws come out and it gets into that position like it's about ready to just lunge right at Mercer. Oh man. And top of the line, Esther. Death saving throw, please. Wait, Celine. So I never got attacked this round. 
I completely skipped Celine. I'm so sorry. Celine, take your turn. My mistake. She was supposed to be right after Esther. I don't know why I missed that. So, um... So, Celine's going to move five feet um, to the, what would be my left. Right here? Yep. Okay. That puts her within 15 feet of both. Alright. So, as an action, spiritual guardians. They so, was there saving, saving throws? throws? points radiant damage. Uh, so, number three goes away. Oh, wow. And number ten felt it. Wait, what'd you say? Radiant? Sixteen radiant. So if it takes, That hurt him way more than... That's 32 points if he's vulnerable. Yep. So that was... That was... Five, so... 10, 15, 20, 25, gets right in front of Mercer. Spiritual weapon moves directly behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a 15 to hit. 15 hits. Ooh, okay. Was not expecting that. Or five points force damage. Nothing happens. No, wait, force. I'm sorry. Force. I'm getting thunder and force mixed up. I'm yep, sorry. They are different. You said five points force. Yep. Okay. And come on. <laughs> now, the bigger thing of damage with the radiant, it kind of. And then the little. It's just like. That's fine. If it could make facial expressions. The second hit would have just been really annoying rather than super painful. Every point counts. Alright, now we're back to Esther, death saving throw. Yeah. her actual turn for this round. Okay. So, Booming Blade. No. She just saw that Thunder didn't do anything. So, she's just going to be a regular attack. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a 28 to hit. That's definitely going to hit. Um, so, that's going to be 14 points slashing. And then again, in the echoes of for another five points force damage. So nineteen points altogether. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not looking good. It really not looking good. Alright, so it's Celine's turn. It's turn. Wisdom saving throw. 
this might be the moment it uh, well okay minimum this, is three well technically I guess minimum would be one if it if I rolled all ones and it's saved wait that's spirit guardians right yes radiant damage correct so two Wisdom? Yes. Thirteen. Failed. That is twelve points. Yeah, so twenty-four. Wow. <laughs> Just rips it apart piece by piece. Five, ten, fifteen. I move fifteen feet around. Whoosh. And heal Esther. For how much? Uh, so that was twenty-four points radiant. So, well. Oh, the amulet thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Wow, you guys Wait. did that really quick, too. What? <laughs> Thanks, man. Dying. And you're doing pretty bad, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not great. So I give you four tinctures. Well, Mercer gives you four tinctures. Mm -hmm. Uh, that will give you 20 hit points back. Thank you. So that should be 32. Yeah, I am doing much better now. Thank you, my good friend. Dude. So. Uh, da, 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 da. Moving on. Uh, just. So you have two doors, one right next to where Mercer is standing, and then one that is right here. Well, Mercer's going to take a look. He's going to investigate the one to see if it's locked, or not locked, but if it's trapped. Excuse me. That's going to be a 21. I... He, he... Oh, the door next door? Yeah, he's going to absolutely check everything. That door, surprisingly, is locked. Okay. Or at least he's assuming so with a 21. Did he's, you roll two separate rolls? No, I roll the investigate to look for a trap. Oh, okay, okay. I misunderstood. It does come across as trapped. It, it seems trapped, but you can't tell if it's a trap or if it's just locked very, very well secured. Okay. Um, you know what? He says, screw it. Pulls out his chimes. Ping! Chimes of opening, it's now unlocked. Yeah. To unlock oh. the door? Okay. Nice. Thanks, man. You unlock the door. Throws open the door. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Him and Celine both. Oh, no. I better. Uh, that's going to be a 15 for Mercer. And a. Uh, 13 for Celine. Mercer makes it. Celine does not. I knew I should have on the track. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't say anything. Well, because you, the way you explained it, you weren't, you were you, two directions. I said it seems trapped, but you can't tell if it's a trap or if it's just really well secured. I didn't say it wasn't trapped. Uh, 
33 points fire damage. Or, I'm sorry, necrotic damage. As this explosion of necrotic energy just goes. <sighs> How much? 33. Seems like that wasn't a good item. Oh, crap. Celine went down? Yeah. Oh, wow. She had 33 hit points left. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.